0: All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Really Queen Radio. My name is Brian Kent, and I am here with some special guests for season two of our show. We are live from San Francisco. Hi, guys. How's everybody doing tonight? Great. Good. Great. Queen. <laughs> I'm like, really, Queen? Um, I am here with the one and only uh, Mr. David Helton, who is a DJ, producer, and party promoter, and uh, what else do you do? You do, like, everything, dude. Bring home the bacon, Friday. She brings home the bacon. She brings home the bacon, and we work together a lot, so you have a very long, extensive history of music, so I thought you'd be really fun to have on the show. And we also have another DJ producer with us today by the name of Philip Grosso. Really, queen. Yeah, really, queen. Actually, Philip, um, actually, was the producer of the title track, "Really Queen," for the radio show. It's actually a song outside of the radio show. Um, but yeah,
1: that yeah. was fun doing that with you, right? Yeah, that was like a few years ago, right?
0: That was a few years ago. We sat in this like recording studio, just writing like some of the most fucked up lyrics you have ever heard in your life, talking about shell crab and fat fish and snatch. And if you ever, if you get a chance, you can go onto iTunes and actually download the song or at least listen to a sample of it. It's pretty like plastic crab meat. Plastic crab meat. So, um, anyways, yeah. So, we are starting season two. We've got, um, our, this is our first time ever on a Thursday, which is super exciting. And we have um, our extended show format, as well as our new date and time. So, I'm super excited to be here. Um, if you haven't joined us before, each week we're exploring a new musical artist that has helped to influence the LGBTQ culture as we know it today. Um, so, the show was boring out of a conversation where a friend of mine were out and about, and I said, oh, this is so-and-so. And he was like like, wait, who is this? And I was like, really, Queen? Because it was someone that he should have known, right? Yeah, for sure. So um, anyways, if you want to talk to us at any point during the show, you can reach out to us at 415-550-0511. Our Instagram is reallyqueenradio, and... Our website is really queen, really queen, really no W in there, really where you can find our podcasts. So um, the guys don't necessarily know, um, unless I open my mouth at some point, exactly who we're talking about today. But um, this is our, our artist for today, and I thought you know we've been talking about females so much for the first season, um, I'm, you know, and obviously a lot of these female divas have influenced us. But this is an opportunity for me to um, share with you some of the men that have influenced gay culture so here we go this is our first artist of the day
2: Sing countdown three. engines on three, two, check ignition, One. and may God's love Lift be off. with you. <coughs> <coughs> this is ground control.
0: This song is like, right? David, you remember this song. You're much older than me. I
3: remember this song. I was probably 14 when it came out. You were 14 years old? No, I wasn't born yet. In 1969, I was not alive or thought. I don't think my parents were. Well, my parents were teenagers.
0: You didn't, your parents were teenagers? Oh, yeah. In 1969? Yeah. I was born in 1969. My
3: mom was 16 when I was born. So
0: Your mom was a cool girl. Yeah. She was feeling it young, very young She was young Well our artist If you don't know who that is Is none other than David Bowie And ironically This was not planned Today is the third anniversary Of his death to yes. the date, right? Yeah. Philip yes, was ma'am. like Philip was like, wait, didn't he die three years ago and today? Was,
1: and it was his birthday two days ago.
0: His birthday was two days ago, January 8th. So um, he's known as... Let me give you a little history on David Bowie if you don't know. It's David Bowie. He's an English singer and songwriter and actor. He um, was basically a leading figure in the music industry um, and is considered probably one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century. I mean, he was acclaimed by critics and musicians, um, especially during his work in, during the 1970s. I mean, his career was marked by reinvention, which which we know more than anybody. If you look at Madonna, you look at Cher, it's all about reinvention. And he kept reinventing himself over and over again um, through his look, his visual presentation, his music, his stagecraft, and a lot of that, and most of that, I would say, had a huge impact on, on pop music. Um, said uh, During his lifetime, his record sales were estimated at 140 million albums worldwide. Yeah, Damn. I, I know
3: That's that when he <laughs> passed his uh wife Amon, she inherited 100 million bucks.
0: Yeah, she well she was he was married to Iman, the the supermodel. the supermodel of the world. And um yeah, so that those those numbers made him one of the world's best-selling artists of all time. And he was of course, you know, as many others was inducted into the Rock of Hol- Hall of Fame in 1996. So um you know, I, this guy for me i mean i don't know about you guys like i you know certainly in the 70s i, I was growing up in the 70s but i was still young but i do remember a lot of his music philip you you probably don't remember any of his music
1: no but just i mean <laughs> l- later on right yeah i mean like i uh, you know just from hearing it in in remixes or you know through friends but it's so far beyond <laughs> my time yeah well you're how old are you how do you know 31.
0: Aww. Oh, That's so cute. She's, She's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> She's so cute. Well, that's not... I, mean, well, I me- grew up
3: in the 70s, but I'm a child of the 80s, so I'm more of a labyrinth, modern love David Bowie. Right. Yeah, me know, too. That's what I remember.
0: Totally, right. totally, totally. I mean, I, that's exactly what I remember too. I mean, so he had, he had a very interesting... I mean, his career is amazing, but he started off with a very interesting... He, he was formed his first band when he was 15 years old in 1962, way before our time, um, called The Conrads. And then he went to another band called The King Bees, and then he got this manager finally um, which which later on helped him to transition to, into being a solo artist, but um he moved to another band called the buzz and he they basically put out like unsuccessful single after one after another, so you know his career was not marked from the beginning you know by being you know successful or, or being a hit right off the bat um but a thing that's very interesting about his name um do you know what his real name is I don't it's David Robert Jones, so guess what they called him instead of David, like as a kid what? Davy. Right. Now now put that together. Davy Jones. <laughs> That's true. Right? Okay, so Very true. the reason that he changed his name Who's is Davy Jones. Exactly. <laughs> so Davy Jones was becoming popular around the same time and he was um a part of the monkeys, the band the Monkees. So everyone was like Davy Jones and it was getting confused. He was like, I gotta change my name. So he ended up changes, changing his name from um from David Robert Jones or Davy Jones to David Bowie. It's kinda interesting, right? Um, his, he in 1967, he had a single called The Laughing Gnome where he, he did this thing where he sped up all these like high-pitched vocals and did all this stuff. Anyways, it didn't chart. And then six weeks later, he debuted his album, David Bowie, called David Bowie, which was met with the same fate. It was, did not do well. So after all of that, he basically decided, you know what? I'm, I'm done. And he stopped for two years. You he didn't hear anything from him at all. And then he met this dancer by the name of Lindsey Kemp in 1967, and he enrolled in this guy's dance classes at the London Dance Center, and he studied dramatic arts with him. He studied, like, everything from avant-garde to mime to um, comedia de la arte, and he became immersed in this whole, like, idea of creating a persona around the artist um, through those studies. So, um, his second album, which was um, which was reissued internationally in 1972 called Space Odyssey, which is the song that you just heard from that, from that album, um, it, it had you know the whole album was very physis- like it was a physis- what's the word i'm trying to say philosophical post hippie lyrics on like peace and love and morality and um, very acoustic rock um, but it was not actually a commercial success at the time so that song and that first album was not necessarily a commercial success it wasn't until his third album called the man who sold the world um came out and that, that particular album had a lot to do with, um, schizophrenia and like mental illness. His family had a lot of mental illness. His brother was mentally ill. He had suicides in his family. So it would make sense that he would sing a song about that. Right. Um, And um, his next album Called Hunky Dory In 1971 Which is probably The beginning of when I start remembering A lot of his stuff Had two hits That were both A tribute to uh, Andy Warhol And The Velvet Underground And Bob Dylan And the song Was called Changes And this song For me is like I don't know It's one of the songs That I've always loved Because I think It it always represents It represents like You know Things change Things happen You go through changes And this was um, This was the song That he wrote about it So let's, let's, let's give it a listen
2: I was running wild a million dead-end streets And every time I thought i got it married It seemed the taste was not so sweet So I turned myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse of how the others must see the baker. I'm much too fast to take that test. ch 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 Turn and face the strain. Ch-ch-ch-changes. changes wanna be a richer man. ch ch Turn and face the strain. Ch-ch-ch-changes.
4: It's gonna have to be a different man.
0: I love that song. Do you guys remember that song? Or oh, you remember that song? David, I do remember. Said.
3: And I also think it was used in a commercial. I, re- I want to think it's in like a couple of car
0: commercials Oh yeah, or that, that sounds familiar. familiar.
1: familiar? Yeah. P-
0: probably. Um, we're, I wanted to play this little game with you guys. And we're gonna, I guess we'll just do oh, like okay. true, or, true or false. Oh. It's like true or false <laughs> games, okay? This is easy. Okay, we're going to start with a very easy one. True or false? David Bowie refused to drink tea. False. Philip? Mm, true. The answer is true. Oh, so when he was five, Bowie's parents That's took so him. Random. I know it. Right. <laughs> he <laughs> didn't
3: really reject it his whole life. He
0: did. Wait, he did. So when he was really queen, really queen.
1: <laughs> wonder she had a bad experience. Or <laughs> she stuff.
0: she did. So wait, when he was five years old, Bowie's parents took him on a, a famous boat trip where he drank tea that had been stewing for seven years. Oh, <laughs>
4: and
0: my God. it was so awful that he hasn't drunk water. Right. Probably, but it's, it was so awful that he hasn't drunk a cup of tea since. So yeah. I mean, I don't think you know. If I had that kind of scar, like you said, something happened seven, at this
1: early seven years. That's pretty That's scarring. What is like? Where? Where was that? I I don't. I don't
3: really. Your parents? Come on now. You're like, <laughs> so, a child.
1: Why, why
0: would? He, well, first of all, why would anybody want to drink tea that was seven years your old? Parents were trying to kill him. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, okay. Here's another question. Here's another Le Pop question. Okay. So. um, True or false. David Bowie's eye co- eyes are the same color. They are not. Absolutely.
1: Um, I'll agree with David on that one. <laughs> okay, so... The answer is that his
0: eyes are exactly the same color. But
3: one is missing pigment.
0: <laughs> well, here's the story. Contrary to popular belief, David Bowie's eyes are the exact same shade of blue. They just look different due to a permanently dilated pupil, which he acquired during his school days when he and his friend, George Underwood, his friend punched him in the eye in a fight over a girl. Yep. And because of that fight, his eye is now permanently D- dilated. And so people think his eyes are different colors because they can't, it doesn't look the same.
1: It should have been the T. That would have- the I <laughs> Good story. <laughs> what, the tea? The, the tea. tea. She drank the tea and her eyes <laughs> changed colors. I was <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> so, girl, what was in that tea, girl? Girl, what was it? what's the tea, girl?
0: Tea na na Tea na na na. So, in 1972, his album "The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust" this is kind of like what well, was the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the spiders from Mars that was his band, kind of that's the album that made him a superstar. And I, re- I mean, I remember the name Ziggy Stardust. I remember it being being young and being like, "Who the fuck was Ziggy? Who is this person?" Right. So he dressed. Do you, do you know who's? Do you know his character at all, um, Philip? Yeah, yeah,
1: him? I've I've seen
0: it, but uh, I don't know the story behind it. Yeah, I mean, he dressed in these these wild costumes that spoke of some kind of like future, and he portrayed this this persona. Um, called Ziggy Stardust and it kind of signaled this new age in rock music where it wasn't just seeing a singer it was these personas it was these characters that were played um, and it kind of that kind of i kind of and that whole I guess that whole era kind of announced the end of Woodstock it was the end of the 60s right we were now in the 70s and we were doing a lot of like really um, a lot of really different shit so this next song um, which for me you know again is another one that I remember really really clear but this is this is the one that kind of I think really changed a a lot of things for him.
4: Oh.
2: Yeah. <sighs> Ziggy played guitar. And, good. We're weird and, gilly. and the spiders from Mars They played it left hand But made it too far Became the special man Then we were Ziggy's band Ziggy really sang Screwed up eyes and screwed down hairdo Like some cat from Japan he could lick them by smiling. He could leave them to They came on so loaded, man. Well hung, snow white tan. So where were the spiders?
4: While the fly tried to break our bones.
0: Well, that bring back memories for me. Getting a little closer there
4: David.
0: It's a uh, roller skating. <laughs> Sorry, that's there you are. I pushed the wrong slider <laughs> girl. <laughs> she's still she's got all kinds of buttons up in here still. She's still trying to get used to this stuff. You know, the thing about him though is as well as being remembered for his musical talents, I mean he was remembered for redefining sexuality for an entire generation, which I think is why he was so big in the gay community. I mean, when he stepped on the stage as Ziggy Stardust in nineteen sixty nine originally, um, he was Ziggy Stardust is one of the world's greatest gay icons. I mean it, that it was at that moment I think him as a gay icon was born because he rewrote all of the rule books. Yeah,
3: I, mean, I think though that for David Bowie, he wasn't an activist in the traditional sense. I mean David Bowie's music and his, you know, his the way he portrayed characters was kind of a background to the gay movement, but he himself was not you know, out and about, you know, waving the flag.
0: Yeah, I mean, way, way back then, there was really no flag to sure. wave. I, I mean, mean, you 69 know, '69 is you know when it all started, right? So you know, I think, but you're right. I think he just by being, and that's why people by the gay community identified with him, is because at in that time there was that didn't happen. No, Pe- he guys was very f-
3: unapologetic about his androgyny and just you know he was very experimental, not just in music, but just. In, I remember the album cover as a kid. Remember going to the record store?
0: Oh yeah, Lord, oh North my store. God, Billy really Queen record. Store. I had I'm, you know, my my fucking record was in a record store. I Tower know. Records and. <laughs> (laughs) wow that's a that's a that definitely deserves one of these
3: album (laughs) album art was like the album art back then was just beautiful and you it's what part of the reason you bought the record was to take it home and unwrap it and David Bowie had the most beautiful covers and art and you know it was a true package
0: yeah I mean you look at his you look at his photos and it's like it's drag I mean, it's it it's just the the makeup and the outfits and the costumes and just everything. It's 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 pretty phenomenal. And at that time, that was that was breaking rules. I mean, I'm sure for you, Philip, like you know, you've you've grown up in a in a place where you've seen this from the beginning. I mean, you know, when you were a kid or when you were first coming out. I mean, I don't know how old you were when you came out, but it was how, like
1: probably like 15 or 16.
0: So 15 or 16 years old, and you know, you you saw drag queens and you saw these things where you know back then you just didn't see this kind of stuff, and so to see someone you know like that. You kind of made people go oh I can relate and, and hence you know becoming um, a, a gay icon um, you know I, I'm sure you guys know the story because it's kind of a good story about his coming out but two years after he was married to his first wife um, in 1970 Bowie told the world that he was gay right on the cusp of his fame um, and in an interview that he did later uh, in 1972 he's you know, he, sorry when he, in 1972 when he did this interview he said I'm gay and I always have been right. so he like came out as gay so then it was like holy shit like he's gay And then he later came out and said, okay, I'm not gay. I'm bisexual.
3: He also said said later that that was probably one of the biggest mistakes he ever made was saying that. Because he didn't realize the power of saying that at that time and how bad it could be for... Anybody who said it out loud,
0: absolutely. And you know, it's interesting what you just said to add on to that. He also said that it was a bigger mistake for him in the United States than it was in Europe.
3: Yep, it was. Hmm. It's, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah,
0: because we're just all kind of got panties in a bunch right, over here.
3: Bisexual and just backwards.
0: Yeah. So it, it was. You know, it's definitely interesting. But you know, he. I think he, like you said, he realized later that maybe he had not done the the best thing. But then he came out and said, "Oh, I'm a bisexual."
3: Yeah, but you know, he was known for fucking every woman he could get his hands on. Right. I mean, there are stories about him introducing himself and saying, "May I show you t- the bathroom and women would literally go with him in the bathroom, and <laughs> they would okay, leave with a smile on their face. And that was how he did it. Bette Midler apparently fucked him in a cupboard. Oof. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I was reading up on it. Like he's just been with some of the most Susan Sarandon. He's been with. He's been with
0: really? all these women. Ooh, yeah. Girl, that's the tea. Had <sighs> Tina the Turner.
3: Tea. He had Tina Turner. The Sometimes, Tina Turner. Have, everybody needs to know.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, so. When he when he you know but just as quickly as he like transformed himself into this Ziggy Stardust character he changed it again he was constantly reinventing himself he had all these different different characters I remember uh, it was Conan O'Brien I think on his show did this thing where he was re- he was flashing back on all the different versions of who David Bowie was and it was like all these different characters like the bucktooth wizard and the hunchback this and Ziggy Stardust and it was like all these hunchback. crazy char- yeah it was uh, the pictures are hilarious he's like this hunchback he has this, like thing attached to his back and suddenly sometimes this giant buck teeth in this wizard hat <laughs>
3: I mean I guess it, you know, so he was also so a voice on Spongebob.
1: <laughs> no, he
0: wasn't.
3: Yeah, he was in 2007.
0: What, what, wait, wait, wait.
3: <laughs> he did a character on on Spongebob. Oh,
1: my God. the voice. What, we, what, what, uh, what character was uh, that? The
3: character, I wrote it down here. It was... Lord, Lord, Royal Highness.
1: Lord, of course, it was <laughs> Lord Royal Highness. And was it? Was it like a crustacean? Or like, what was be, he? Uh, something
0: with <laughs> it. Crustacean. Well, he used the celebrity status. You know, he produced albums for Lou Reed and Iggy Pop, so he kind of went it into a different direction. Um, in 1973, he he disbanded the spiders, so he stopped with that, shelved his whole Stardust persona, and um, you know, continued with a similar kind of glam rock style, but just wasn't doing it as Ziggy Stardust. And he released his album. In 1973, called Aladdin Sane, and it had tracks like "The Gene Genie" and "Let's Spend the Night Together." Um, He collaborated with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. So, let's hear um, let's hear "The Gene Genie." This is from um, the Aladdin uh, Sane uh, album.
2: Small Jean Genie snuck off to the city Strung out on lasers and slashed back blazers and Ate all your razors while pulling the waiters. Talking about Monroe and walking on Snow White New York's a go-go and everything tastes nice. Poor little Greenie we'll Get
4: back on the on his back The dream genie loves chimney stacks The dream genie
0: dreams and reforms The dream genie let yourself go Come on dream genie I used to love I dream of dream and I just <laughs> reminded me of that <laughs> I dream of Jeannie. Um, uh, Yeah. So um, around this time, he released this album called Pinups, which was like an album filled with just cover songs that were originally recorded by a bunch of different artists um, and bands, including like Pink Floyd and stuff like that. But um, by the mid-70s, Bowie had undergone like a full-scale makeover. He no longer did these like outrageous costumes and these garnished sets. And um, in two years, he released... um, two albums. He released uh, an album called David Live, which was him live, and then Young Americans. And, you know Young Americans, you, you remember that song, right? I do yeah. have you have you heard that song yet? No, Phillip? never. Yeah. It's it's really an awesome um it's an awesome song because uh I don't know, it feels very it's it's patriotic and it was time I think it was during the war, like kind of I don't know the whole history behind Young Americans, but yeah. it just has a gr- it's a g- great song and it just feels good and it kind of makes you feel, you know, inspired and and being an American and I don't know, a lot of things that we don't feel today. Yeah, was, <laughs> even though he's not an American. Right. You know. Right. Well he has he actually sang a lot about America, which is interesting and there's a song I'm gonna play at the very end of the show which is so apropos right now. But this is one of my favorite songs. I just wanna give you a taste of it really quick. Um of him.
1: Like that song. Yeah. What do you think of it, Philip? Yeah, I like it. It's funky. It's
0: funky and cute. I feel like
3: he's trying to sing now, not like before trying to be a character. So you're right. Once he sheds that character, it feels like he's trying to actually sing a song,
0: right, as opposed to like being this be character. Thing. Yeah. Um, should we go back to our little fun little um, game quiz? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. So, well, this is more of the, rather than true false. Who does he? What other? famous artist musician does he share a birthday with like big king of rock elvis yeah he was born on the 8th of january as well exactly well he was born 12 years after elvis presley was but they share a birthday which is kind of interesting what yeah yeah. He used to always joke around saying that he and Elvis used to share their birthdays together. And stuff. He was actually on a talk show. He's like, yeah, I, I, we get together and we share our birthdays together. And, and Conan was like, uh, really?
1: And he's like, uh, no. Girl, <laughs> without a hint, how are we ever going to guess that one?
0: <laughs> I don't know, girl. <laughs> you got a phone, right? <laughs> she, got a, she got service. <laughs> she got Metro. Um, okay, so this is interesting. So... True or false, David Bowie was, um, was the one to first ever release a major downloadable single.
3: That would make sense. I would say yeah to that.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm going to say false. Um, the answer is that David Bowie's Telling Lies was made available for download on his website in 1996, making what it bitch? the first downloadable single from a major artist ever it would have taken approximately 11 minutes to download it using the dial up speed oh, remember that AOL
4: yeah, <laughs>
0: I remember one time trying to get the weather and the map was coming up. It took like a half hour just to like... Not get, just that, but like somebody would call while you're online. And you're like, I'm online. <laughs> <your> like, <laughs> oh, the good old days. So, I mean, since we're talking about that, here's an interesting fact about him. David Bowie set up his own internet service provider called BowieNet in 1998, which kept going until 2012. Wow. I did not <laughs> So, listen to this. So, signing, signing on to BowieNet costs 10 pounds a month and each user was given a free 20 megabytes a uh, free 20 megabytes to make um, their own homepage and users were given um, loads of like Bowie co- content and exclusive web chats and bonus tracks
3: he was ahead of t- ahead of the curve way ahead of the curve
1: 2012 until 2012 that's
0: crazy right just until 2012 we're still going but 1998 that's like people that still have a hotmail <laughs> <laughs> girl I still got an AOL Yahoo yeah, yeah, the <laughs> really queen I get really queen seriously girl I know I tell people I'm like I have AOL they're like really queen <laughs> i'm like yes girl i got aol still it's like a face. it's email. free i'm not gonna get rid of it <laughs> i send all my shit there that i don't really that i don't really care about but um so th- there's also this other funny story actually i should share with you that he was um he was actually stalked on tour once by a five foot three inch rabbit rabbit. You're both looking at him like, what the fuck (laughs) are you fucking talking about? So while he was on his North American tour in 2004, he was um, stalked by someone in a pink rabbit costume. And so he's like, it seemed like relatively, he didn't really, wasn't really phased by it. Like he kept seeing this like rabbit appearing in the the audience. And he's like, you know, hey, it's rock and roll, whatever, like a five foot three bunny, like whatever. Um, But he said that it got a little harrowing later on because Bowie got on a plane out of New York and the bunny still in costume
1: was on the plane. (laughs) Get out. Of here. No. You just That's, imagine like you're it's like the Fiji water girl like exact- what is that presence behind me bitch. <laughs> totally creeping. Like, two seats behind like She's, oh, what I know. I fun? was
0: like um, okay that would be kind of scary if you were sitting and the bunny came on the flight. Like, come on.
3: That's a good way to stalk someone though. you are going to stalk someone. Do it fun. Do it like that.
0: Do it like
1: all fun and cute. Like
3: and just hide out in front of their house in your bunny costume.
1: I know. Well that makes me think of that Donnie Darko. Oh yeah. That creepy ass <laughs> bunny. Wait, with the bunny. Donnie from, from, yeah, that movie. Oh wait, what movie? Donnie Darko. Darko. It's like I a cult classic. You know? Yeah, it's like I still haven't seen it. Oh my god, it's obscure. like the creepiest bunny you've ever seen, and it like and you it's like kind it, of like a stalker bunny. Yeah, you
3: watch it, you are like, am I high? Am I? I must be high watching this.
1: Am I?
0: <laughs> or I wish I was high yeah, watching it's the this. The way you get it right. So. Just kind of going on with his career. Nineteen eighty, he he's now living in New York, and he released "Scary Monsters," um, which was a, a very you know applauded album that featured "Ashes to Ashes" and an, kind of an update after which is kind of an updated version of his earlier "Space Odyssey" um, number. And he did um, he did this song called "Fashion," which I thought was cool because when I write, it's an awesome song. Right? And when I listen to the song, what I'm thinking, wait, first of all, what does this remind me of? And then I was like, wait a minute, who copied this song? like a little bit. Like I'm thinking maybe and I never I never put that together. I'm going to let you listen to a piece of it and then when we're done listening to it, I want you to tell me like who who it is that I'm thinking of that. I'm pretty sure got their shit from this song, okay? Here we go. <laughs>
4: They do it over there, but we don't do it here. Fashion,
0: turn to the left, fashion, turn to the right, fashion. Okay, tell me that it's not stolen by RuPaul. Turn to the left? Turn to the right. Right. Yeah, definitely. I heard that today, and I was like, I was listening to, it and I'd never, I'd never put that together, and I was like, wait, did he just say, turn to the left, <laughs> turn
3: to the right, <laughs> work? That really is what fashion is about, right? Just turning to the left. I mean, it is, right.
0: but I kind of wonder, like, if she really did kind of get it from that, probably, I because mean, it's, it sounds it, like it. It's not always just been
3: influential, just with everyone. So Madonna and Gaga and even all the divas we have now,
0: isn't that true? Like, so they, they straight up admit it. They straight up admit it. Yeah. Which I mean, why shouldn't they? They have yeah, to be yeah. influenced exactly. by somebody. Like, it's a homage. Just it, do it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just think that maybe you know RuPaul should give a shout out to. Mr. Ziggy here um, But here's my, my One of my favorite tracks So Bowie actually Teamed up with Queen Which um, do, you, do you know this Philip? Queened yeah, Queen up with yeah. Team And released this Queen Under and, Pressure uh, Uh-huh Again, look at you girl yes, bitch. And released a single That was included um, In Queen's 1982 album Called Hot Space So it was it was released On one of their albums um, It did reach number one On the UK single charts And it became Queen's second Number one hit In their home country Just after Bohemian Rhapsody um, it, the song was played every time that Queen performed live in concert between 1981 until uh, the end of Queen's touring career in 1986. So, I mean, it was that big of a song. So, to imagine to have to do a duet, which you know, some, most of the time you do duets with somebody. It's like whatever; it's yeah. not, it yeah. doesn't define your career. But to have someone like David Bowie and Queen work together and have that be such a hit for Queen, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Did you guys see the movie um, Bohemian Rhapsody? I have not seen. Yeah, that. I haven't either. I know like now I, I mean I, I wanted to but now I really feel like I should since yeah, he I
3: think so I haven't seen a movie since 1947 like I never get to get the
0: house I'm here I'm doing the math I'm like oh this bitch she's like i yeah I just I, I think it's I,
3: I, we talk about all the movies we want to see but we just never see them it's just something we talk about
0: you just wait till they come out like, like at, at home to you, yeah I think it's at the Castro Theater this week.
3: Yeah, it is, you know? I, w- I would see a movie.
0: I would, I would love to go see that at the... Ca- I mean, how gay is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, going to see Bohemian Rhapsody at the Castro Theater. Um, I definitely think we need to do that. But, like, did you watch the Golden Globes? Yes. Yeah. 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 I thought they were really good. Not. 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 not okay. Let me. Let me rephrase this. The hosts were <laughs> not so the bad. hosts. Oh my like, god. I was joke. Sandra. Oh no. <laughs> I <It> was bad. <laughs> I was like, no, that that wasn't good. But I thought, like, in terms of like the nominees and who was selected, I thought that that, that it was thought out. It didn't just feel like it was just like based on a popular vote. Right. Yeah. Um. And, also, I think
3: sometimes the popular vote gets split amongst. Popular movies leaving the odd man out to, to come and, and win
0: no absolutely true I mean don't don't you think that like ver, let's say the uh, the Oscars or Academy versus like Golden Globes I feel like so many of the academies are based more like you you whoever you expect to win which means whoever you like the most whatever's the most popular seems to be what wins more where I feel like the Golden Globes like they actually look a little bit deeper into the art yeah. itself
1: And same with like the SAG awards too yeah
0: right so I, I kind of I enjoyed that I enjoy you know and I thought the people that won were like you know they they deserved it. Yeah. It there has to
3: be a healthy balance too, because you know, like you look at people like Spielberg that are overlooked for major movies that are not just popular, but also, you know, really well done. So oh. Sometimes popularity can like work against you.
0: No, no, abs- absolutely. Um, you know, speaking of movies, uh, David Bowie was in a movie. Yes, he was. Do you, you obviously know which one it is, yeah, right? I love that movie. So, I mean, he—if um, you grew up in the eighties, you have to—you have to love this movie. The funny thing is, I didn't know about that movie. Like, I knew, like, I—I sure, was obviously around. I just never really saw it because I was never really a. a- I mean, I guess, I don't know if I should say this. I was really a Muppet kid. I was a Muppet I was more of a Sesame Street kid, which I know. Has, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I did like them on their own, like the movies with them. I don't know. I didn't remember seeing it till I was actually an adult. And I actually play it at Musical uh, yep. Wednesdays at the Edge when I host their... What's the movie? The movie's called Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Okay and it's you know he's running around with a bunch of puppets singing um, he did have a career outside of music I mean it wasn't <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's illustrious but um, he he helped um, he landed the title role in The Man Who Fell From Earth which was in 1976 um, and he starred on Broadway in The Elephant Man yep which I was unaware of until recently. I think the reviews were not great, but... Right. But, you know, whatever. She was there, girl. That's... But her performance was critically acclaimed. Even, even if the show didn't do well, she definitely... Yeah, the show was not a big hit. For sure. Um, and then in 1986, what we were talking about, he starred um, uh, as Jareth the Goblin King in the fantasy adventure film Labyrinth, which was directed by Jim Henson of The Muppets and produced by George Lucas which, you know, hello, George Lucas film. Um, But we performed opposite of um, Jennifer Connelly and a cast of puppets in the movie, which became now what is a 1980s cult classic. Um, So you know, I mean, it came out around the same time as like the Dark Crystal. Do you remember I that? Was, I
1: was literally just googling that. I'm like, yeah. I was like, it was a labyrinth, the Dark yeah, Crystal dark that is, I remember. They're were, they were about
3: the same kind of time
1: that those
0: happened. I don't think I saw the Dark Crystal. Where have you been, girl? I don't Where know. Were you in the '80s, girl? This, this, this shows up this shows that this <laughs> is this is this now shows like this shows about me. It's like Queen. <laughs> 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 what the fuck have you been? Wait, what? Is, p- f- that's, so that's, that puppet
1: is so creepy looking. Yeah. is that the Dark Crystal? Yeah, that's the Dark Crystal.
0: It looks like part like monkey kind of puppet. Kind of Muppets were the shit in the eighties. I don't care what you were doing. If you didn't sing Rainbow Connection, you were fucked up. If you did, oh my! You know what's funny? When I was learn when I was first taking vocal lessons, that was the first song. And I remember when my teacher pulled out the the sheet music, and it was the cover was Kermit. Yeah. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me! <laughs> I am not singing a Kermit the Frog song. I'm thinking I have to sing like him, you know, just because he was on the cover. And she's like, no, don't I'm just, you already <laughs> sing right. like Kermit the Frog? <laughs> I
3: was like,
0: Tom, I'm like, i <laughs> Learning how to impersonate Kermit in this in this gig, so but no, I mean that was that was definitely yeah. one of the we songs. Had
3: an elementary school teacher, and she would like if we were being rowdy, she would break out that little weird harpsichord thing that you play on your lap. What's that thing called? The little she would like strum it.
0: Oh yeah, wait. the uh, keys.
3: She would play like two chords of like Rainbow Connection, and the kids <clears> were like would be silent, and we would all start singing. It was so cultish and weird.
0: How many? Yeah, songs I, was, I was. We were into it. about we rainbows, like, like
3: literally, she could have forced us to kill people, and we would have done it.
0: <laughs> you heart. guys are singing, and she, <laughs> we like, I can just see this group of kindergarten kids walking out singing Rainbow Connection with knives. <laughs> <laughs> with very children of the corn craziness happening oh, oh my god and then
1: one of the kids in the class was turned into that that pink bunny <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly it's full circle it's full circle
0: well let's just let's hear under Pressure" just for a second just because i just want to hear it all right here we go
4: A great song, isn't it? I think it's great.
0: I'm glad you think it's great. I think <laughs> I just, like, I think it's great. I think, it's great. <laughs> and that's what's most important. Um, I know you were just talking about um, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <eyes>. Because <what? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> you know what's sad is that now when I hear the beginning of that, that's well, yeah, those. that's
3: what happens with sampling. That's why you got to pay them. It's like you hijack fuck. someone's baseline and you. You think you're gonna just keep it for yourself? I, mean, I think I think they had to pay him a lot of money
0: for it. I hope they paid him a lot of money oh, yeah, for that. Literally mm-hmm. ripped. But that
3: was you have to remember sampling was a new thing. It was no one knew really kind of how to how to capitalize on it. So people just pirated it.
0: Well, it definitely reminds me of that. I also remember. It also reminds me of him being. Do you remember when they used to do uh, on Living Color? They used to do those like fake music videos yeah. and like redo all the words. And all I remember is them doing Ice Ice Baby, and he goes. Because um, didn't he get stabbed? Yeah, he got right, stabbed. So he's like, so the, so the lyrics that they changed it to is, I said I got stabbed in the butt, but it really was a toilet paper cut.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's all you remember.
0: And that's all I remember. And they, they did this whole thing and they're just like, I said I got stabbed in the butt, but it really was a toilet paper cut. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs>
3: yeah, and he really didn't get stabbed, though. No, I. <laughs> who, was it who beat his ass? There was some producer that just hung him out of a window and said, I'm going to kill you and some, some shady doing music. Sh-
0: definitely some shady shit. And now shit. he's
3: got a home improvement show on HGTV. This he really no, yeah he
0: does i mean is, totally he, like is it good mentions.
3: it's weird because you just wait for him to sing this song at any time but well, now
0: i know why going. you don't go to movies you're at home watching ice, ice ice baby on fucking home improvement shows i like watching
3: people renovate homes that's my thing
0: i know well i, I kind of like that too but i don't know about he, vanilla ice <laughs> I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna <laughs> can you just does he does he like does what's he, his style no he
3: really he goes in he's a contractor now and he just like fucking tears up the kitchen and puts in like new stuff it,
0: you know. Well, three years later, <laughs> <laughs> years later, um, but we recorded Let's Dance, which is what you were talking about. Irwin. This is 1993, and it contained like Modern Love, which you remember, China Girl, My Little China Girl, all that stuff. Um, and Let's Dance, I mean, that, right? That's yeah, kind of that's the song that was, song. was right in the middle of me being a teenager and probably you yeah. as well. Um, do you know the song, Philip?
1: Yes, I know the song.
0: You do? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who doesn't know this stuff?
4: Right We'll i right you
0: I was smoking clothes and sniffing poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously like this song is like totally like that time. Yeah. I had jet blue black hair. I was going to high school at Santa Monica. i sure I wasn't I think I was I wasn't in high school yet. I was in junior high school, but just about, and just that time when I was being rebellious. You were in
3: Southern California?
0: I was in Southern California. Well, I was in rural Georgia, girl. We were like wearing our parachute pants. We thought we were doing it. Oh my God. Yeah. Do you know that just reminded me that when I, because I grew up, part when I was in junior high school, I was in Marina Del Rey. And Marina Del Rey is it like- It sounds really white. It is really white <laughs> and very like straight and, you know, very concerned. Like it's not cool and hip. And I was hanging out with a bunch of like really cool kids, right? So I went to school and there was this one girl who was- my My friend and she lived in this complex that I lived in. So we went to the same school. So she's like, okay, she's like a punk rocker girl. I was like, this bitch is cool. So we went out and I bought like parachute pants and all this shit. And I went to school the next day. I I remember this because I was the only one who looked like this. And (laughs) I got so much (laughs) shit I mean, you would have thought I was an alien because of these pants that I was wearing. I mean, I looked really fucking cool, but I had like you know blue black hair and you know just all that all that stuff was going on during that time. And let's dance was. But I remember
3: like you know a bunch of redneck kids trying to be cool was so bad. It's embarrassing.
0: So yeah, really I mean, bad. I'm sure were you? Would you say Geor- rural Georgia? Like rural like Georgia, country
3: way out in the country. Like there's like. Twenty-five kids in the whole class. What
0: was it? What was it like here in? Uh... <laughs> what year was
1: that? <laughs> oh, you weren't, oh wait, you weren't even born yet. yet. Oh, oh my god! Wait, 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 wait. 83.
0: Eighty-three. Eighty-three. Yeah. She's like, no, girl. No, she was in. She was in her mother's room still, <laughs> planning, planning the outfits. <laughs> Four years out, <laughs> right? So you know, over the next decade, he bounced back and forth between like acting and music, and the music was actually suffering. Um, outside of a couple like semi hits, um, basically his musical career kind of languished a little bit. Um, he did some side projects with some musicians, and he put out um, two albums, Tin Machine and Tin Machine Two, um, both proved to be flops, and um, his hyped album, Black Tie White. Noise, um, which Bowie described as his wedding gift to his new wife, um, s- supermodel Iman, I backward with her, um, also st- struggled to resonate with buyers. Like they just, it just didn't fly the same way that it had flown for so many years. Right. And even though he's still a legend, he just wasn't making making the new stuff. Um, so here is a really crazy fact. So oddly enough, the most popular Bowie creation of that period were these things called Bowie bonds. What? They were financial securities that the artist. Oh wait, listen. That the artist, <laughs> artist himself, backed with his royalties from his pre nineteen ninety work. So he he issued these bonds in nineteen ninety seven and earned fifty five million dollars from the sale of, of, of these bonds. And then and he started the an internet company where he <laughs> right, <laughs> right. bonds. And internet. then the, the the rights to his music back catalog were returned to him when the bonds matured in two thousand seven. Wow Isn't that's that genius That's genius Yeah That's genius I mean I, I was re- I, When I read that I was like What How do you know you could do that Who, who thought of that <laughs> I mean right Who even knew you could do that
3: But I guess the musical rights Are what's worth the money
0: Right but to ha- to be able to get like fifty five million just by selling these bonds, like that's just nuts. I mean, it's 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 pretty um,
1: it's pretty. I mean, it's who pretty- buys? Who buys that? You know, who buys into this idea? The people that are on Boeing it.
0: Sure. <laughs> the people that are on Boeing it. Um, okay, we're we're actually um, we're actually winding down here already, but we had like, we can't we can't leave this without talking about this. So this next song was a song that was written by Marvin Gaye originally, oh, and it became God. popular in nineteen sixty four um, when uh, Martha and the Vandellas did their version, and it reached very you know, high on the charts and stuff like that. And then the Mamas and Papas did a copy and then uh, did a cover. And then Van Halen did a cover. And then these two guys decided to get together and Girl. do this cover. David Bowie and Mick Jagger. <laughs> so uh,
3: when I was a kid I don't know Do you remember Friday night videos Yeah, It was for the poor people Who didn't have MTV So they could only uh, watch No like I don't One, one time a week. <laughs> I was just She's at a home yep, You lost Marina, me Friday, yeah, you, Marina Del Rey You, lo- Del you lost Rey, me at yeah, four Yeah she's got her Parachute pants to take off um, But Friday night videos Came on at like midnight And played to like Two in the morning And you had to stay up late To do it so. I do
0: remember that actually. But you know
3: It's for people who did. It was regular TV So it wasn't MTV But it came on super late So we would stay up And we would record it On our VHS. I know you don't know what that
4: is, too. <laughs> anyway, VHS. Girl, I know what a
0: beta is,
3: too. Yeah, exactly. We had microwaves and everything, so um, <laughs> we were recording on VHS. And I remember I was staying up late to record. Like, I think it was like, of course I'm gay. So who's that girl or something? I really wanted to like record the video, uh-huh. and this motherfucking video was on the tape the next day. And I literally was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" The I, I'd heard the song on the radio, but then when I saw the video, I was like. Oh my God! I don't even know how this got made.
0: Okay, so th- I'm going to play this for you. Yeah, so if you have you've never seen this video, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, so yeah. you so we hear the song when you get a chance go watch this video. Yeah, because this video. is the most uh, bizarre thing I have ever seen, and yeah. they actually did this funny oh, spoof video Guy. on it
3: on Family Guy. They they showed it. Too. Yeah, from with, beginning to end. it's like <laughs> literally the whole so
0: thing. funny. And there's also one where they do the sounds like they just it's like it's like yeah. sounds instead of like singing yeah. words. Anyways, this is the song. <laughs> 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 <It's> like, <laughs>
4: Okay! Tokyo! South America!
0: the song is good right it's just that it's just the video which
3: is just like what it's so 80s 90s so i researched this because i was so curious about it the video was shot in one evening they literally had no idea what they were going to do they were just told just to wear matchy matchy clothes oh my so god they wore like and it was just the two of them like almost kissing for the whole song like as close as they could possibly get without doing it and it was just a surprise to everyone who made the video
0: wow wow well Bowie released his final album called Black Star on January 8th, which was his birthday in 2016. Um, and obviously he died two days later on January 10th. Um, and uh, the album actually ended up receiving um, a lot of awards. And if you remember, I was actually voting for the, because you used to vote in the in the Grammy Awards. And this was a year I remember that I was voting. And he it won Best Alternative Rock Album, Best Engineered Album, Non-Classical, Best Recording Package, and Best Rock Performance, and Best Rock Song Categories all in the Grammys. So this is two days after he passed away. He won five yeah, grammys so The We're trick right? is you got
3: to be dead before you're. The
0: trick is you got to be dead because you know he was another one that was like you know he'd been nominated for so many Grammys but only one like a handful like he didn't win a lot compared nope. to the number that he was nominated for. So it's just kind of an, an interesting thing. um I want to play this really quick before we go out and then I'll leave you guys. Um, this interview, this little clip of him actually um, of him actually talking, which is um, kind of I just thought was kind of cool when he talks about what, what did his, David his Bowie story. think
2: about David Bowie? You- um, well, all right, I find that I'm a, a person who um, can um, take on the guises of, of different people that I meet. I can switch accents in. in Seconds of meeting somebody and I can adopt their accent. I've always found that I collect. I'm a collector um, And I've always just seemed to collect personalities um, Ideas I have a hodgepodge philosophy, which really is very minimal um, Very do you little believe in divities, God, for instance. What do you believe in God? Um, I believe in an energy form I'm not I wouldn't uh, put a, I wouldn't like to put a name to it. Do you indulge in any form of worship? Um, uh, life I love life very much indeed. You split people down the middle, don't you, a lot? Uh, that is to say that people are, are hostile to you or they're, in di- or they're totally indifferent. Oh, absolutely. To yeah. um, mm-hmm. what, kind of, what kind of reaction do you get from the people who are, are violently in favour of you? I mean, do you get fan mail? Yes, a lot. What can, uh, is it scabrous or dangerous <laughs> or interesting or exciting? It's very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> in what way? Um... Well, uh, I seem to draw a lot of fantasies out of people, and a lot of the fan mail I get. A lot of it is awfully nice. I mean, they, they say, um, how's your baby, and how's your wife, and what's your mum's name, and things like that. And a lot, but some of them are worth framing. Can you tell us about one or two of the framed ones? No, I couldn't really. No, they really are quite heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy-duty letters, they are. Heavy-duty. Heavy-duty. Uh, sorry, do you? Did I to drop me. this in <laughs> You can't, like, understand. I love it. Well,
0: we're going to go on, on this note. Thank you so much for listening to Really Queen Radio. You know, regardless of Bowie's own sexuality, it's clear that the superstar became a revolutionary icon for the gay community, pushing all kinds of boundaries that at the time was not acceptable. I want to thank my guests tonight, David Helton and Philip Grasso. Thank yep. you, guys. Guys, Brian, so much. We're gonna leave with a song called "This Is Not America," and I thought, while well, written originally during the Reagan era, it kind of um kind of fits right now. We will see you next week on Really Queen Radio. Thanks for listening, guys.